everyone, and welcome to Youth Positively Speaking. My name is Paige Ewing, and I work with Prevention Resources as the Multimedia Specialist for Positive Youth. Prevention Resources is a nonprofit located in New Jersey that is dedicated to promoting health and wellness of individuals, families, and community through education, collaboration, advocacy, and treatment. Today, I have with me Erin Cohen. She is the project coordinator of Positive Youth and also a parent, and I'm super excited to have Erin talk a little bit about what Positive Youth is. So take it away, Erin. Thanks, Paige. The Positive Youth Initiative is focused on building countywide capacity to reduce substance misuse among youth 9 to 20 years old in Hunterdon County. This is a five-year grant that we got about a year ago, and we have started meeting with kids and having our positive youth groups. And we've realized that our youth have a, a lot of things to say. They're amazing. They're smart. They're brilliant. They're resilient. And so we really thought having this podcast would allow for their voices to be heard. So today we have our two featured youth members, Luke and Nora. So hi, Luke. How are you? And tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, hi, Paige. My name's Luke. Uh, I'm a sophomore in high school and uh, I'm an athlete and uh, my, both my parents work in the medical field. Um, my dad's a chiropractor. My mom's a physical therapist. She works with elderly. And uh, it's a little stressful dealing with uh, them going out uh, with the possibility of getting COVID-19 and then having to deal with patients in the medical field. So uh, stress. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Luke. And Nora, how are you? And tell us a little bit about yourself, too. Hi, Paige. So my name is Nora. I am a junior in high school. Uh, both my parents are in the education field. My father is actually a guidance counselor at my high school, which makes this whole transition a little bit easier going into uh, the uh, hybrid schedule and full virtual schedule. I'm a bit quirky. I'm all into minimalism and wellness. So having a platform to speak on like a podcast is, uh, is great and I'm grateful. Well, thank you both for coming on our podcast. And as both Luke and Nora mentioned, um, so right now it's September. Um, and that is always the time that school is back in session and back to school stress starts. But we are also in the time of COVID-19. Um, and so there's that additional stress on top of it. So today we'll be talking about back to school stress and how we can better cope with the stress in our lives. And to help us better understand stress, we have our expert for this episode, Lindsay Miskowitz. Um, Lindsay is a licensed professional counselor and the clinical coordinator for the Adolescent Intensive Outpatient program at the Hunterdon Medical Center. So welcome, Lindsay, and tell us a little bit about you too. Thanks, Paige. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Um, you did a great introduction. I am the coordinator of an adolescent IOP right at the Hunterdon Medical Center, and I've been there for about seven years, but I've been working primarily with the adolescents for the last five. Um, so yeah, I'm here to answer any questions or try to help, you know, give some input on just how to better manage your stress and what we can do to just kind of maintain and stay safe during this pandemic. Yeah, so Luke and Nora, you two go to different high schools. So could you each tell us a little bit about what it's been like going to school? Like what is your model like? And then what has stress been like because it's so different? Um, I'll start. So my high school has decided to make it so each week a different set of students goes in. So week one, an entire 
uh, set of students with the last names A through L will go in. And then the next week, a different set M through Z. And uh, it's tough on the students because not only are the classes now half days, so the blocks are shorter and we don't get enough class time, I feel. It feels like we're very rushed, like we rush to our class. And then we get to like the first 10 minutes of class is used the teacher attempting to set up the Zoom link so that the students who are online still taking the class um, can get in and listen to the lesson. So we really only have about 40 minutes of class per day, like per period. And I feel like it makes it hard because teachers can't get enough work in and you're not really getting taught the material you need to learn to pass the class. And although this is like the first month or two that we've been in school, it's still um, a lot of stress going from class to class because you're still not used to your schedule, which class you need to go to next. And uh, it's just different. Now, some teachers want to, some teachers are staying home and they're teaching all virtual. And that's difficult too, because you don't get the, I feel like with the virtual and wearing the masks in school, you don't get the face-to-face -face interaction with your teachers and you don't get like this experience and you don't get the knowledge that you would get taught on a normal basis. And it causes at me at least a lot of stress because I'm a very social uh, person. I like to have conversations, have debates, ask questions, and it's just difficult through a computer to interact and through a mask to interact. And it just causes stress uh, student to student. You don't really get to make friends because um, my school, at least we don't have lunch. So, and we're not allowed to uh, have time in between classes as a break. So we go straight from class to class to class, and then we get back on the bus and we go home. And there's no like downtime to be able to talk to your friends, which I feel is like one of the best parts about school is being with your friends. And which is why, the main reason why I'm not going 100% virtual. The main reason why I'm going into school is so that I can see my friends and the friends in my class, because we have to not only wear masks, but sit six feet apart we don't really get to like talk to each other. It's the teacher talking. And then whenever we're talking, it's the kids that are online will go into a breakout room and the kids that are in person will talk for five minutes about the assignment. And it's just hard to make friends, which is like, an, I assume is one of my like ways to handle my stresses through my friends, seeing them in person, being able to talk to them about my emotions. Mm -hmm. So, that's how my like school year so far has been. That's how the transitioning from normal school to uh, the COVID-19 experience has been. And uh, sounds... Nora, if you want to talk about it. Yeah, that sounds so hard. I can only imagine if you love seeing friends and that's what you want to do and then you can't, that must be so hard. Has that been like that for you, Nora? Or what is it like um, on your side? I've had a similar experience. So at my high school, it's a little bit different the way they're doing the schedule. So uh, Monday, Tuesday, half of the school goes in and for a half day of school, 
And then Wednesday is a full remote day. Everybody's at home and the school's being cleaned. And Thursday, Friday, the other half of the school goes in. But I am actually, in contrast to Luke, I am 100% virtual by my own choice. Um, I, I guess why this whole experience is tough for me and tough for so many other teens is because we don't have control over almost anything. Everything there's is unexpected and it's tough real, you know, being able to figure out what we do have control over because, you know, we don't have control over this virus. We don't have control over what our school schedule is like, but what we do have control over is, you know, our ourselves and our wellness and what we're doing at home to make sure that we're ha we're our mental health is good and check and um, I do think some things cause more stress and they contribute to the stress of living during a pandemic than others. Mm -hmm. And so Erin, not only, you know, do you work with youth um, for your job, but you're also a parent too. So as a parent, like what do you want to know from our youths that we have here that what parents can do to help, you know, manage that stress that both of them have talked about? I really love what both Nora and Luke are saying, because as a mom of two high schoolers, I do wonder how they're feeling with school. You know, I talk to them about how they're feeling with school. I feel like they're a lot like you, Nora, where they don't feel like there's any control. When is this going to be over? I think when this first started in March, everybody thought, okay, we're out of school for two weeks, then we'll go from there. And then the two weeks went on the spring break, I think it was, and then it went on and then school was canceled for the year. I know I felt like everybody would be going back to school by September. Oh, the virus will be under control. Everybody will go to school. And then all of a sudden we're hit with, is school even going to start? Is it going to be fully virtual? It was really interesting. I, I love hearing what both of you are saying about of friends, missing friends, because I know that's what my sons are missing is their friends as well. Um, what do we do, Lindsay, about that? What do we do with friends? Because that is so important. I think about when I was in high school, I loved being with my friends and doing things and going to football games and sporting events with school. And all of that's gone right now. Right. And I think the answer to that is trying to be creative to still meet that need. You know, I think they still have that need to be social and to connect with one another. And it's just now trying to do it safely and, but still get that same impact. You know what I mean? So I think it's, you know, if you can do socially distance things outside while the weather's still kind of nice, you know, that's an option. But I know a lot of kids are now connecting, you know, using social media, not that they weren't before, but I think more so now than ever, they're definitely relying on the social media to kind of keep in touch with each other and communicate. Um, and I remember one thing we were doing last year with Positive Youth is we were trying to get kids to put their phones down yeah, and right. really interact face to face. And then just a short time later, the virus hit. And then all of a sudden we're saying, pick up your phones and use them to communicate with your friends. And now we're all on Zoom calls all the time in your virtual school and connecting with FaceTime with your friends. So now we're on the phones a lot more. Right. So Nora and Luke, are you guys seeing friends? Are it, have you figured out a way to see friends in a safe manner? 
Um, I mean, I have seen a few friends, ones that we're close to and we know have been safe, almost like uh, a pod. Mm -hmm. Um, Overall, though, I mean, definitely technology has been helpful doing video calls. Social Mm -hmm. media is one of those things that I have, I, at least I feel like I have a weird relationship with it, where if I go on it way too much, I, I will see my stress, you know, get, you know, a lot worse, um, you know, because what is social media? Social media is basically a highlight reel of everybody's, you know, what, a, what looks like a perfect life. So, you know, even if I am trying to be conscious of, uh, cautious of the fact that, um, you know, a lot of these selfies where people are just smiling and look happy all the time, they're, they're not really, you know, never, but nobody's happy all of the time. And that also makes me wonder um, if happiness right now is a, a goal, should be a goal, because, uh, you know, it's inevitable we're going to feel pain, especially right now. So I don't know even if happiness is, should be a goal right now. I don't know if that's a whole new conversation, but mm-hmm. when it comes to social media, that's what it makes me think about. Well, that's a great question, actually, for Lindsay. Yeah. Is happiness the goal right now during COVID-19? I think the goal is stay sane and stay safe. I don't know that it's to be happy, you know, but I think, you know, the same way we deal with stress is how we deal with depression, right? It's definitely your self-care. So Nora, when I heard you talking about your wellness and all this stuff, my heart was like exploding inside. I'm like, she knows, you know, it's so important, I think. And this is for parents too, to be able to create structure and routine for you guys. Cause I think that's, what's really lacking is, you know, like you said, Luke, like going to school, you see your friends, but it's also what you get up for, you know, and just the idea that incorporating that wellness into your regular routine is just so important. So Luke, what about you? Have you been seeing friends? Have you been doing things? Um, so me and my friends have been meeting socially distant. It started with just uh, me and my friend who lives nearby. We would take walks in the afternoon, uh, socially distant down Marsh Street. And then it got to the point where we decided oh, we can uh, bike to all of our friends' houses and we can meet with them. So we not only stayed physically active by biking to our friends' houses, but we also got to meet with them, which was super awesome. There's about seven of us and uh, we would all wear our masks and we would all sit in the middle of the woods and just talk for like hours and then play baseball. And it was really like a good experience, especially during all of this chaos. It just felt so nice to go out, see friends, relax, feel like normal again, and being able to like have happiness, make jokes with your friends, the whole happiness thing. I know that it definitely made me happy seeing all my friends who I haven't seen in months, like just like how they've experienced this whole uh, COVID-19, seeing how they've grown. All my friends grew out our hair and uh, <laughs> We all compare, we're all like, hey, my hair is longer than yours, you know, just making jokes. And uh, it was really, really nice seeing my friends. It definitely helped with my stress. I like that you actually just talked about normalcy because that is really kind of what everyone is looking for is some bit of normalcy, you know, whether it's taking walks, riding bikes, people going to the beach this summer, trying to find some normalcy. So do you think there is some normalcy with school? Does it sort of feel normal to be able to go back to school? Were you happy to go back to school, Luke? Or is it so different that it just doesn't feel like normal school at all? 
Um, it felt so awkward the first day of school because you walked in and there was everyone was wearing masks. Teachers were standing at the doors, making sure you had your masks on. And you'd walk in and usually the main lobby where everyone first walks in is packed. There's hundreds of kids right in that main lobby. And uh, I remember last year you'd walk in, you'd look for your friends, you'd go stand in a circle, all talk about, oh, I missed, I didn't do my homework last night. I forgot about uh, this assignment. And, you know, it was, if that felt more normal than now you walk in and there's just no one, it's dead empty. Everyone's already in their classes and it's, there's lines on the floor telling you like how far to stand from one another when you're waiting for a class. And it just, it feels more regulated and it's harder to just like feel normal. And uh, it feels like, it does feel like school, you are learning, but it just, feels like stricter and it's just you know the whole friend thing is such a big like importance in my life being able to go to school be with your friends so the schools like feel so empty that there can be like tumbleweeds rolling across the floor and uh like I want to see everyone back to normal but I feel like we need to slowly transition back to it because now it's kind of getting normal it feels normal to walk into school and just not talk until a teacher ask you a question. I feel like that's the first time I talk in school is when the teacher asked me something. When last year, my friends would be like, hey, Luke, uh, did you do last night's homework? Can you help me with it? So uh, the transitioning back, I hope it's really, really soon, but you're kind of developing a normalcy towards what it's like now with the COVID-19. And uh, that's really all I have to say. Well, you know, Lindsay, that actually just makes me think what is it going to be like for us? I mean, what do we expect to feel, do you think, when it comes time when things are normal again? I mean, the question is, when are things going to be normal again? So I know for right now, it's we're just kind of taking things one day at a time. I definitely expect a lot of anxiety if things are to go back to normal. I think this is also kind of creating a lot of social anxiety, you know, having people be apart. It's, it's like weird to see people in life again. I know even for myself, like having been apart from so many people, you start to get more nervous in those situations. So I definitely expect a lot of anxiety. Um, you know, I can also ask these students, but I, I think a lot of kids are even just having trouble doing just a couple days like on at school, like on site, because it just takes up so much energy because you know, of all the stress, but also they're just not used to it. They're, they're used to being home now, if that makes sense. So I think when we come out of this, I think people are going to have that residual anxiety and just fear and just, it's going to take a little bit to get over that social anxiety, if that makes sense. When we're going back to seeing people and right. it gets overwhelming and we are tired and right. what should we do to cope with that? Should we learn the signs for our body if we're tired or if we're feeling anxious to step away? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, you know, every person is going to be different. There's people that are more introverted versus extroverted. So some may just bounce right back and be very excited about it. Luke sounds like one of those kids. He's like raring to go. He wants to be with his friends. Um, Nora, you seem like you're, you're connected obviously to your friends too, but I don't know if maybe you're more introverted than Luke and like you're okay with having more of the alone time. So I think, you know, based on somebody's temperament, it's going to be a different experience. But for those that may be more introverted and it does kind of overwhelm them, I think it is important to be able to take a break, you know, to be able to take a step back and kind of rejuvenate yourself. 
you know, so whatever it does, whatever you do that rejuvenates you, you know, sometimes it's taking a shower, sometimes it's taking a walk, you know, exercise is huge for your depression, for stress relief, for all of that. It energizes you, um, you know, and sometimes it's watching comedy or, or hanging out with your friend, like, you know, talking to your friend on the phone or something like that. So, like I said, it's, it's important for everybody to, yes, identify if you're getting overwhelmed. And if you are, think about those things that can kind of empty your emotional bucket and rejuvenate. And I think, Lindsay, you bring up a really great point about chronic stress. Um, and so the hormone that actually initiates the body's response to stress is called CRH. Um, and it's found in the brain. And uh, drugs of abuse also stimulate this CRH hormone. So stress can actually cause changes in your brain like those caused by addictive drugs. Mm -hmm. And so this kind of suggests that some people who experience this chronic stress that some people might really be going through right now, maybe in the long term more vulnerable to drug addiction or drug relapse. So that's why coping mechanisms and also, you know, finding what when that point is to seek professional help is so important right now because stress can impact you so heavily. So for you two, um, we'll start with Nora. What has been some of your best coping mechanisms when you find out you're getting stressed? What do you really love to do? To help you cope with stress? So this is something that has changed for me more in the past year than ever. Um, this whole year is actually, although, you know, there's been so much craziness, it's actually been quite transformative. So uh, before this year began, I told myself I was going to focus on wellness. I was going to focus on, you know, trying to live more intentionally and, uh, you know, going into the pandemic, obviously, I needed to really figure out a way to keep myself engaged, keep myself motivated to get out of bed. And one thing that's really been helping is take uh, turning off the phone because it is something that I do tend to start scrolling on for hours and hours. I'm trying to get back my, um, you know, reading and um, you know, watching, you know, documentaries. That's stuff that I'm really into. Um, and certainly what Luke has been saying, seeing friends, um, you know, even socially distant has been really, really helpful. Luke, do you, are you um, playing sports right now? Are you doing extracurricular activities, still seeing friends? What is it that you're doing right now to help things? Um, so like to help stress, my stress like lower to like, make myself feel normal, feel stress-free. Um, I have sports almost every day. And so some things we're doing there, wearing masks, staying six feet apart, practicing outside, working on strength building, doing runs and staying uh, like virtual runs. My coach will tell us to run a mile from nine o'clock to 9.30. So we'll like run whatever distance he wants us to. And it's upsetting not being able to see my coaches every day and not being able to have them in the back of my head yelling at me to run faster but uh it is definitely relieving my stress doing sports and uh another thing that i picked up to relieve my stress is instruments so i uh every time like some like i got felt stressful i would uh pick up the guitar play the guitar learn something new on the guitar and it like the feeling of accomplishing the goal of I want to learn a new song on either the guitar or the piano uh, or the drums and just being able to uh, 
accomplish that goal just like makes me feel better and then I'll like run over and be like hey mom look I just learned how to play this country song you like hey mom listen I learned how to play this rock song dad likes and it, it my entire family's musical it makes like all of us feel a bit happier and a bit sh- like less stressful just like sitting and listening to me play or listening to my uh, younger sister sing and uh it, it's just awesome being able to have that way of family being able to relieve your stress because right now the only thing like you're hanging out with your family more than ever like we uh we used to not be able to have like family dinners because I'd be out at sports practice my little sister would be at dance practice my older sister would be um helping out some youth uh, choir at the church and my parents would be at work so we all did dinner whenever it fit our schedule but now because of this COVID-19, we can sit down, all of us, every night and have a family dinner. Each person will make a different meal a night. And like, well, it's, it, it really helps our family bonding and just having a family meal. And I feel like that's definitely brought my stress levels way down. At the end of the year, last year, before all this COVID-19, like you felt stressed out about every single assignment because you were so anxious about school being over you just felt like this you'd never stopped and uh now like the there's good and bads about the COVID-19 it's awful not being able to do what we used to but now like it showed me that family means so much more than I thought it did and having close friends I love that I love that Luke and I'm gonna tell you as a mom with three busy boys at home being able to slow down has been amazing. That was my favorite thing about when COVID hit was slowing down, slowing down and not doing as many things. And I think you make a great point about that, Luke. And that's something that we'll, we would never have known. It, we would have never known what this was like had COVID-19 not hit. And we look at what is important. And it is cool that you can play music with your family or play board games or do puzzles, you know, and it may not be the normal thing, but you do get a chance to reconnect. So I'm glad that you can identify that Luke, even though you're missing out with your friends and things like that, that you do have that time with your family. Just like what you were saying, Erin, with slowing down and that slow living, I was reading, so I was reading um, and listening to another podcast. I don't know. Can I do a shout out? Sure. (laughs) The Minimalists, um, they have a documentary on Netflix, Minimalism. I highly recommend them. Um, They were talking about this concept, all that remains uh, or everything that remains. So, you know, when everything goes away, when, you know, all the craziness, all, you know, these they're all about you know consumer purchases and all you know the irrelevant unimportant things um you know go away what remains and what remains is your family your you know and being around your loved ones um reconnecting with yourself and i think that's something that in american society and you know specifically around this area i think that we sometimes forget about because we get so caught up in you know, st- you know, our jobs or school and our homework. And I think that was, you know, one, you know, good thing that this pandemic, um, you know, allowed us to do was reevaluate 
how we're spending our time and our values. I was just gonna say that is like the silver lining I think for a lot of people is just the connecting with their families again. Cause you know, when COVID hit, there were a lot of teenage suicides going on in this county. And you know, I know that that's still a high risk right now with everything that's going on, but I also think it maybe saved a lot of kids, you know, because they were able to kind of ground themselves and be with their families and reconnect and feel whole again in a lot of ways. And I, I know the flip side of that is, you know, people where home isn't necessarily their safe place. So to Nora's point, to do some, you know, self-work and focus on your own goals or like learning an instrument like Luke, like that's where they can put their focus and that's what they have control over, you know. And for us working in prevention, it's been pretty shocking to us. Some of the things that are going on with alcohol, alcohol usage is really high. And even if you just, you know, I'm on Facebook with moms all over and you talk about substances, they're talking about wine. Is it too early to be drinking, dealing with virtual school? We're seeing that there's a lot of drinking going on, you know, Saturday night live had this skit back, um, in the spring and it was talking about kids drinking and in the prevention field, we were horrified. It wasn't funny to us because teens drinking is bad news and we're trying to prevent it. And then someone like Saturday night live who we love, mm -hmm. I love watching Saturday night live, thought it was really funny for kids to be drinking and we didn't. And we know that there's folks who are in recovery who are struggling and relapsing. The overdose rates are higher. I mean, mm -hmm. so I'm telling you, Lindsay, I told you, these kids are awesome. We love these positive yeah, youth kids. And the fact that they're identifying things to make themselves feel better and ways to cope, it's so key. And those are lifelong skills that you need. It's It may be COVID-19 now, but we don't know what's going to happen in 10 years. What's it going to be like when you're in college? What's it going to be like when you have a job? The fact that you guys are already figuring out these amazing coping skills is amazing. That way you're not turning to substances. You're not turning to alcohol in order to cope. And I'm not saying it's not okay as an adult to have a glass of wine here and there, but to deal with the day-to-day, -day, that's not really how you want to cope. Yeah, absolutely. And so as we move into our last little section of our, you know, youth ask the S expert, do you two have any specific questions that while we have Lindsay here, um, that you want to ask her, whether it's about better ways of coping with stress or, you know, what is that tipping point of no normal managing stress and when you should start asking for professionals help? Do you guys have any questions for Lindsay? Um, I'll ask a question. So, uh, like kind of what you were saying, like what, at what point when you feel like every day is stressful, at what point do you think that teens and adults should see someone to help manage their stress? Mm -hmm. uh, that I would say if, if you start to notice that you can't function in some area of your life, that is when it becomes an issue, right? Or a problem. So if, you know, you can't get out of bed so that you can't get on your Zoom and then you can't learn what you need to learn to pass your class and then your grades go down, then we know there's a problem, right? Um, things like that, or if you're just not sleeping and that's happening like night after night after night, you know, if, if you know, you use, and if you stop enjoying the things that you used to enjoy, right? So if it was hanging out with your friends and now you don't really want to see them anymore, if you're really withdrawn, if you're spending a lot of time alone or just really down, I would say you're, you're 
getting there, right? You're getting to your tipping point and it's probably important to reach out and just get some help. So that actually brings me to what should parents look for, Lindsay, with their kids? Right. I mean, the first thing parents can notice is just the change in your affect, which is just kind of like what's shown to you, right? So if your kid used to be really outgoing and talkative and have a lot of energy and now they're kind of, you know, down and withdrawn and no energy and stuff like that, they, uh, you know, that's the first thing we kind of notice. But it's also just, you know, changes in their normal habits or just their behaviors. So if they're starting to get really irritable or lashing out a lot, you know, when we're stressed and we're anxious about school, like that's usually how it comes out, right? We come home, mom says, what do you want for dinner? And you're like, get away from me. <laughs> like, I have so much homework. I'm freaking out, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I laugh because that sounds like <laughs> just having teenagers in general. Yeah. So I have gone through that with my own kids. I'm saying, okay, is... The behavior that I'm seeing right now, is this because <laughs> his brain is not fully developed and right. he's not able to control his impulses right. or is it the pandemic? Is it because he's hormonal or is it the pandemic? And right. so it's that fine line, right? For parents. And for every parent, I say it's a combination of it all. It's everything. You know, it's the normal teenager hormones, all that kind of good stuff. But, you know, it's the stress of the pandemic and just not having normalcy right now. Um, and yeah, so I think it's, it's definitely like the length of time, if that makes sense. So once in a while, if your kid's getting irritable or in a mood or whatever, they'll bounce back out of it sometimes, right? Like they won't be like- And that that's forever. okay. It's and, okay right, to be in a mood. Absolutely. I mean, so are we, right? Like right. we're adults and we have moods, right? <laughs> and our feelings are there to tell us something, right? Like any feeling that we have is basically trying to help us in some way. So, you know, whether that, you know, if we're really irritable and maybe we're tired and maybe that means we need to nap and we need to just re recuperate a little bit, right? So it's, it's paying attention to that. But I think as a parent, if you're seeing this day to day and it's not changing and, you know, they're spending a lot of time in their room and not coming out or not eating regularly or not showering anymore, like then, then there's more concern, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a huge napper. I will say I love napping because it's a good like reset button. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But to, to your point though, you know, people can do that, can over nap, right? They can sleep all day long, but then they can't sleep at night and then they can't get up to function. So it's like, you know, I think everything in moderation is the answer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Stay sane and safe right now, but it's, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, well, we're definitely living through history right now. Right. And I will say I never knew that kids would have to, you know, I never thought in my wildest dreams that kids would be going to school virtually, not doing the normal activities that kids should be doing. Mm -hmm. So Luke and Nora, you two are amazing. And we're so happy that you came on today. Lindsay, we can't thank you enough for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, Luke and Nora. And thank you to our wonderful expert, Lindsay, um, for giving us just such great information. Um, for anyone who's listening, for more information about stress, healthy coping skills, and more, please visit our website at njprevent.com forward slash positive youth. And thank you for listening in. In our next episode, we'll be talking to youth about marijuana and what they think about that specific drug. So we will see you next time for more Youth Positively Speaking. Thank you.